Shorter than six. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. So, I don't know if I have a, a teaching, but I definitely have a topic. Um, and maybe we can pass it around for discussion. Um, so the Father gave me a a vision. It's been probably a, back when I first got here, um, having to do with the, the angel that was seen upon the land and water um, in Revelation 10. And so I have that on your page there, that, that passage. And I was just going to go over some of the things that I, I feel like the Father was trying to show me. Um, I don't know if I got it all or if I got any of it, but <laughs> here we are. Um, and I guess we'll just start with uh, just reading the passage first. Um, so Revelation 10, verse 1, and it says, uh, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. And his face was, as it were, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. And cried with a loud voice, and when the lion, as when a lion roareth. And when he, heard, when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders has uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and things that are therein, and the earth and things that are therein, and the sea and the things that are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from the heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And went, and I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall be, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Oof, it's a lot. So, um, so start off with the Father was just showing me that, um, you know, that, that this was a, an Iscarus angel, and so I've highlighted that word there for you. Um, and that uh, basically it was just you know force, forceful, boisterous, a mighty, powerful, strong. Um, basically, the power of God uh, through this angel. Um, so, some things that I thought were were pertinent. Um, I just, you know, I was, I was trying to look it up, and I was really trying to glean what the Lord, how we were going to apply this, and I guess it was, ended up being more of just a, a study. Um, so I looked, I was looking at, you know, clothed with clouds, as really speaking of surrounded by the cloud of uh, witnesses, because if you look, that word cloud is the same one, same word used in, uh, I believe it was, yes, did I write that down? Hebrews 12.1, <laughs> where there's a, a great cloud of witnesses. And um, so I thought that was interesting that he, that it would be the cloud of witnesses and then his right and his left um, were the pillars, and that 
you know, that really speaks of we are that stylus, that where the praise is going up before the Father, the prayers of the saints are going up before the Father. Um, but really how that's applying to us would be that we, we stand in that position as, you know, partnering with the Father and offering up those, those prayers and intercession uh, before Him for the earth and the, the sea. Um, so we'll leave it there for now. Did anyone want to add to that? I think, Zach, the fact that when you got here, after the many, many times you've been here before, uh, you had this vision from the Lord. And I, I think that as I, I've been looking over this, it really does highlight many things that we as saints are encountering right now. And... Uh, you know, one is about, oh, it's just everywhere. It's laced everywhere. I mean, um, <coughs> where to start? Um, there are, recently over the past months, we've been talking about uh, both John and Ezekiel, who measured the temple. And that comes right after the last verse you read. Both of them ingested a well, Ezekiel made a roll, not with butter on it, <laughs> but a roll and he eats this book. Both of them uh, engage in then a calling to the nations. Both of them have the ingestion of it, but then it becomes a, a bitterness that they have to deal with which again speaks about what the trees of righteousness do where their leaves receive these things and then that process either becoming acrid or bitter or turning it into a sweetness that propels growth and fruit uh, so this is uh, this is interesting in this timing I think another another factor is you know the various sevens that are found in, in Revelation uh, but of all of them, uh, this one speaks about the thunders. And the cloud is the secret place of thunder. And it's the, the, the rainbow is the, the radiance of the ways of God. And you've got uh, the left foot on the, on the ground, which is saying God's going to begin to manifest his miracles on the earth. But the right foot in the sea, which means that prophetically it's still going out into the nations. Um, you have the fulfillment of the mystery of God, the mysterion, which is interesting. It's going to be conducted through these thunders. And thunders represent intercession. So John is hearing the culmination of how God's going to wrap up all things, but he's prohibited from writing down what he hears in those thunders, which would be the encapsulation of each of the intercessory assignments. And it's very similar to what Daniel received when he saw things about our day and he was told, seal these up but don't write them down because that takes away from our faith. And you know there are several different types of angels in Revelation. Um, you know the angels of the seven churches which is really a prototype of the, for Jesus what the, the schools of the prophets were supposed to do and really what our assignment is to teach the nations, to, to be a teaching influence. Um, but, but those seven churches watching over the candlesticks with the angels, the stars in the right hand, that's one type of angel. But this one is coming from the throne, an Iscarus angel answering directly to the throne to say, this is what's coming. This is intercession. And he basically spells out what we're doing right now as saints. So it right. makes sense that you would see this vision coming in to the place where the Lord is planting you and establishing you. Uh, it's always wonderful when you first enter a place to be able to gain 
kind of a snapshot from the Lord because once you get here and you get settled in, you know, it kind of, I don't want to say it blurs, but it becomes more common. And um, so I think, I think just that flood of assessments, and there are many more here that others in the class could, could add to, what really does say that, you know, God, God showed you where we are here and subsequently where the Saints Network is at, at this time and the assignment that God's given us. I did think it was neat that it, it didn't mirror basically what we're doing you know, as far as um, you talk about the rainbow and that that Rio which says to to speak or command to pour forth his water you know and that was around his head his his identity was to speak forth and command and pour these things upon the earth and it kind of mirrors as intercessors what we're what we've been doing and what we're to continue to do with uh, reaching out to our to the, through the nations. Exactly. Something else that when Pastor was talking uh, in verse um, in verse three, I don't think I'd ever seen this till now, but there's that direct link to said the seven thunders. And they're being identified as voices. Who associate? You normally wouldn't associate thunder with a voice, but that further indicates that intercession is being offered up. Um, is and the thundering is, is is people like us. Zach, could you talk more about where you had this vision? And was it specifically for you, or did you feel like it was all of us, like the church and the network? So I, it was when I was praying up front, um, proscanoed in that kind of river, and I just I felt it was definitely a um, was for this tarot, but also for the network. So how did you decide that this had to be the scripture for what you saw? Well, because what I saw was the, I saw a, a, what do you call it, a, I saw the lake, you know, standing on the land and the sea, and then this scripture was brought to my mind, and I had to go look for it because sure. I remember where it sure. was. Sure, yes. <laughs> but that's kind of how it came about. So were colors vibrant to you, or what really stood out to you? Not really colors, but more or less the, the pillars. His feet being the pillars and those, really those uh, that drawing up, that bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's what really stood out to me originally. That's good. Um, pillars of fire. Ring of fire. <laughs> 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 it's got rings and pillars. You sleep on that thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you go down the ring of fire, you climb up the pillars of fire. Yeah, yeah. Right? Quick as you can. <laughs> well, you, the, the thing about it is that fire represents the activation. It represents the, the burning of God's purpose. And here, with the stelos, which is the pillar that we're to be in the temple in conjunction with this angel, there's an empowerment to see the igniting of what God has said in these mysteries that we've prayed about over the years. And um, to, 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 see, to see truly the fire of the Lord ignite things in the histemis and in the material and amongst the people groups. Um, that's, that's, that's interesting. These would be stilos fire. Because really when, when we pray, I, I, I can't answer for anybody else, but when we have incredible <coughs> experiences or when we, as the, John, the Bible says that we are pillars in the temple, the stilos, so that should be us. But I don't, I don't ever <coughs> recall 
just in my frame of reference being drawn up or seeing the, that ladder to heaven that it be made of fire. So this is something different and something that this angel has been asked by God or commissioned by God to, to ignite the, the, the real, you know, that left foot on the earth and the right into the sea, but but the igniting of these miracles and the igniting of creation, um, that's that's really a significant aspect. Well, it's, what was interesting was that, you know, it was establishing a covenant was a pillar and then a fire and it had uh, as lightning, which I thought was interesting. So not not just fire, but that like that flash that's going forth that because we are the, 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 uh, coming out of the fire. That's what you're saying maybe the, the lightning it appears as fire, but then the sending forth of lightning kind of thing out of the fire. I mean, well, it was it was a uh, when I was looking up the fire, mm -hmm. it was it was staying stating that mm -hmm. as lightning. So I don't know if it's fire going forth as lightning or if it was lightning coming forth out of the fire but we know that the Isgris angel is um, aligned with the Arche mm -hmm. which is from the beginning was, was has intended. an establishment the foundation right. and so when I think of the fire in that I think of it as a judgment that's the application of you know bringing things to the way they were originally created to function and we are partnering with Isgris angels who are you know, that's their purpose in these days to bring that point of restoration. And I mean, it's really curious. I don't know, did you have a thunderstorm where you were this morning? Yeah. I thought that was really fascinating. You know, we had this huge storm that came flying through. It's like, and here you are teaching on the thunders and the voices, thunders concept. One of the things I, I try to do is kind of align um, you know, how the angel is clothed with the four um, voices, thunders, lightnings, and earthquakes. Now, I personally, I thought they matched differently, but I wanted to keep it in the same you know, voices, then thunders, then lightnings, and earthquakes. So, because, you know, I would have put thunders as the clothed with the cloud, because that made sense to me. Um, but then, you know, you have your cloud of witnesses, which is also the voices of the saints and the intercessors, so. Well, if you put it, take it backwards, it, it works, I think. see that. Um, 
so we'll f but I, I think I think too that um, you just kind of this is an initiation and out of all of whether whether it's the seven files or the seven trumpets or the seven churches or oh what's it it was another seven this <laughs> off my head huh the seven stars. Yeah, yeah, seven stars. Seven stars, seven uh, out, of, out of all of them, I mean, this this one is very descriptive, but don't write about this. You know, it's it's coming, right? and it, and that thunder is is us and our intercessory missions. Now, will will there actually be seven phases? Of this intercession, um, are we in one, or have we already passed through one or two? I mean, I, I don't think we can discount the big reset with the COVID shutdown for three years. That was a worldwide thing. So where where does that fit? Mark, do you have any insight on that? You, mm -hmm. Not not that. That's true. Well, I, I have insight. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like you. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I wanted to. Uh, I, I, something new I saw here in this. You might get ready to touch on this, so if you do, just stop me. Um, it's interesting that uh, the, the hand, the open, open hand of the sister's angel with the book, and then if you keep going, um, look in verse eight. At some point, the sister's angel says to John, "Okay, now it's time." you to go and take the little book but maybe that's the other voice but at any, at any point God directing this communication and says okay now it's time for you to partner with what's in that book in the hand for this stuff to begin and then and then becomes the the, the ingestion of the, the book that leads to bitterness and and ultimately releasing that prophetically into you know people, nations, tongues, and kings, the full fold progression there. Right. It's just really interesting to explore. Yeah, the other thing about that book is the last time we read about it is the Father gives it to Jesus as the slain lamb at the right hand. So this is the next appearance of it. And so obviously Jesus... Perfect, perfect partnership right there. Exactly, yeah. What's at the right hand? Yeah, that was in Revelation 5-7. So then Jesus gives it to this angel from the director of the Father, and then it's given to John. Isn't that interesting? It's, uh, it's interesting, too, about, you know, talking about how it's sweet <coughs> to the mouth. The taste is sweet. But in the stomach, it's bitter. And there's an assimilation of when God gives us a directive. There's a sweetness to it, and then to execute that directive is much harder. And, and uh, I'm not sure that that is the, that's only part of what his meaning is here. Right. Just a small part. And as I was trying to think about that, I did look again at verse 7, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, mystery of God should be finished and tells me we're just not going to understand at all until that day in which time is no more as it's talking about here and right. then he will reveal to us the mysteries of God imagine that to finally know the mysteries of God um, and there's we see in part you know it's revealed in part there's a small thing that we will know here and there, and others will know here and there. Um, but if you start writing about it, then maybe you, you might be piercing together too much or misidentifying what has been shared and telling the wrong story. And so it is, it is largely something that we know, that we will feel, that we will, you know, experience in our spirit. Hey, it's interesting. I, I want to add something else to this. It just came. It's, he said don't write it. But then he says 
you prophetically speak it forth. So it's an interesting, <laughs> something to really chew on because. Well, I was really wondering what it did mean if he said not to write it. And at the very end, the angel says, you will prophesy again before people's nations. And right. so what was that? Is that what's in the Bible that we read from John? Or what is that speaking of? Oh, I, I think he's talking about the, the we don't want the God as as intercessors where we're hidden in the in the cleft of the rock as the glory's passing by. That whatever that angel was releasing was telling the details of each of those. And so he says, Don't write those down because uh, when the fifth thunder's going on, if Dennis already knows what's happening, he's not gonna want to so into that, oh, Tammy McMakin. What's in the book is different than what he was asked not to write about the thunders. Okay, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the book, the <laughs> book. I, I, there's times where I feel a compulsion to write, and then it's like, okay, don't do anymore. Yeah, it's kind of a sealing up. And but then, you know, later on, you might speak about it, but you don't write. I mean, it's just interesting the the dynamics that are going on here in in the spirit. John and, and some of the things that you speak forth may not be about what you're not supposed to write about. You speak forth. Don't worry, you're going to be prophesying. You'll still be doing that, but don't write about this. To me, it's just hard for my human mind sometimes to think. Okay, well, if you want me to speak about yeah. it, why can't I write about it? You know, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to the human mind, and that and that's fine. That, but but two, I got to bring up the sweetness thing. You bring that up, so. Uh, Fran, I think it's okay for us to go over and get another uh, Krispy Kreme, you know. <laughs> the sweetness of honey. <laughs> Sweets. So anyway, when you get to that point, you <laughs> But then get ready for the bitterness. <laughs> I think um, that it's, it is interesting that unlike the other, some other things that were released from the throne in the end times that were specifically described, the thunders are not described. So we don't know where we are in the thunders. We could be in the midst of one of the thunders. You know, it doesn't say what they are. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. We brought that up earlier. And then um, when I looked, when Dennis spoke about the mystery of God being finished, I looked that word up, and that's the word telio. So you can remember Pastor talking about that. That's communication. It's ongoing. So we are... We are receiving the mystery, but it will be finished. I mean, we will we'll know the end is at the end. <laughs> but that teleo is that ongoing communication. So I just think that's that was interesting. Well, I think I think too that the the ingestion of this book, what we've been studying about the trees, is is really a functional. Uh, Capacity of our identity right now. Um, that, you know, the thing that makes the thunder so explosive and the light so explosive is what the trees release that deuterium through their intercessory process. You know, we are trees as righteousness, lead to the nations. Um, so, for for us to receive that little book, I th I think we're I think we're getting we've been getting meat from the Lord for years, thank God. But I think we're getting things now that I I noticed this about a year and a half ago. Things that are more, you know, here's here here it is. This is applied right now, as opposed to the necessary thing of simply receiving and learning. There's an application to mention this, and I think I think that uh, to, to me, and again, this is all just only the angel and friend knows what the real answer is. So tell us later. I'll bring you another donut. Um, the, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> See, the sweetness got him off track there. I got that donut. <laughs> I, I think we I think we are really are are into this. Mm -hmm. I think we turn the, the corner <laughs> into this progression. Now, how far along we are in it, I don't know. But like 
Didn't we say about two years ago, okay, God is turning the page. We're transitioning. How many trans how many major transitions have we as saints seen, not just in our personal lives, but in, in on, on the scope of what what's happening for the nations? Uh, I think I think we probably have gone through at least two major ones. And and, and it's all in conjunction with what has been prophesied before on behalf of what God created things to be originally and on behalf of what is in that little book that Christ has been praying about at the right hand of the throne to this point. But um, I, I, I don't, I can't, who can say? But I, I don't think that the way the world is right now, I think it's evident that God's well along the root of these things that we, we read of. And I, and I even think, too, that the, the beginning point, I'll touch on this, I touched on this a little bit on Wednesday night, but, um, but maybe a little bit more this morning. But when Samuel led the people out of the days of the judges, um, he began to establish a devotion the word, and he established these schools that were devoted to the word, and it says that over and over again. And I think that then he then it went through this long weirdness. Well, I think that David's tabernacle was strongly influenced by that school at Rama that Samuel. Uh, established. David was there regularly. God did phenomenal things there. Um, and then, but then the days came and then Elijah was still trying to keep them up and then Elisha kept them up and then they just kind of went into, into, into the air. But then here comes Jesus in the beginning of this book that we're talking about here. And he's talking about seven churches. All of a sudden, here again, we have seven again, which, you know, most of the denominational people say there were six of these schools, and it's obvious that there were seven. I mean, it, there's obvious. And I think maybe the Lord has reserved that for us to, not to disprove them, but to say, functionally, how can you ignore this seven? This, this makes sense, and it aligns with the seven spirits. So Jesus begins with these seven dimensions of the embracing of uh, the word and then you, you have and I think that's a prototype in that in that beginning point when the church was still in, the, in its genesis what was supposed to expand out those seven were supposed to expand out throughout the world and I, I think they are and I think one of the reasons that God's been sending us in Nematocos things is to teach things that aren't out there being taught and to sow into the, a deeper, dare I say, understanding of how to relate in the spirit realm. We're not the only ones doing that, but that's our mission. Okay. Um, so here he is with seven thunders. Here he is with seven colors on his head. Here he is depicting all of these things that God has been trying to show us principle-wise from his word. I mean, just ticking them off, boom, 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 boom. There are probably 15 deep multi-lesson teachings from the Monacos principles that any of us could take and, and release. But um, I, I, just, I just think this is phenomenal, but I, I think God has already begun this but that's the way it always is. You know, you do and then you teach. I mean, that's what Jesus did, according to the book of Acts. Uh, if we had not already been participating in this, we would not really be able to see this with whatever dimension of clarity God has allowed. Right. But I don't, I don't know how far along we are with this. I would assume we're, we're not... Phase two, maybe, where it says we're prophesying again. 
and then nations. Yeah. May possibly. Yeah. I mean, the whole fact that I was thinking, um, so he's saying you, you, you prophesied this again, which means John had already been through this before, and now he's saying repetitively, do this again, and, and much of what we do, we follow the same pattern. True. As far as repeating the, and so, but, but it'd be interesting to go back and study the whole flow and context. It, it's tied to the mysteries. Yeah. Um, the fulfillment, which is telling us you keep doing this until the very end. Yeah. Which, it's just all interesting. Yeah. And, and you think, too, about the fact that what's coming immediately following this, immediately in chapter 10, is him taking the book in, which speaks about what the trees should do. And then, here, measure this temple, but don't measure the court of the Gentiles because that's still being developed, which is exactly what Ezekiel was told to do when he ingested the role and when he spoke about the development of the flow of the river. And you, you mentioned about this angel having that dimension of being able to release the rivers from what was on his head. Right. So you can see an alignment with the progression that God has been trying to lead us on in revelatory dimensions. So you, you would think that if, if you've got the word, if you've got, and we find to fight for the word. Uh, and I would, we, all of us love the word. We were trained to love the word. But so much of, um, and I'm gonna preach the message, but, but Samuel, Samuel, when Israel wanted a king, they wanted to become like everybody else. They wanted to compare themselves with the nations. Samuel was ticked because he had been establishing these schools where people who were sensing things in the Lord in the Lord were able to learn how to process, learn how to relate to the Lord, how to, how to do these things. And then God says, they've not rejected you, they've rejected me. And then you see that rejection flow, and then the next time Samuel's using that term for rejection, it was all about the word. You're rejecting the word, rejecting the word. And so I think we fought for the word and continue to fight for the word. We, I'm just looking at various dimensions of this thunder that we may have been interceding about to bring with the Lord's plan in to function. It's going to be impossible to do, to find out where we are in this progression. But I think I think we see similarities in in what we've all been being asked to do in the cleft of the rock. Just being serving, knowing something's happening, learning along the way, teaching what we've learned. But then you see, wow, look look at this, and then the next thing happens. But I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Well, going back to the like the sweet in the mouth and bitter in the belly, I feel like that's what you were describing. Is you're getting that that speaks of that fresh word from the Lord is that the sweet in the mouth. Um, I'll take that role any day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the words, His word, but then the bitterness is when the people come against. <clears throat> and well, it creates that. Yeah, that, that is a contributing factor to the bitterness within you. I mean, it kind of it ticks you off. The people, why don't you? This is the word. Why are you rejecting this? But but I but I also think that it's like that burden within, where you know this is what God wants, and you're praying, and you're insisting before the throne that what God wants will be, and that's where you gain the overcoming. So your roots grow. Where your branches grow, your leaves grow, fruits come. So it's kind of a combination. Yeah, it's rejection. Well, I mean, the olive trees are mentioned. I mean, in the, in the same eleven, and then you keep going, and he shows uh, some demonstrations of the witnesses, what we're going to be able to do during that time frame, and then it says the nations get angry. So as we prophesy. We know nations are going to be accepting, but with the anger is going to be there, and they're going to want to try to kill us. I mean, that whole, all this is, it's all interconnected. Every, every chapter, from chapter one all the way through, it's just, we're in the midst of, 
what it appears to be this chapter to some degree, and that's why I think our spirits and our minds are being anointed to, to, to grasp it and understand it and apply it, and then see it immediately start to happen instead of, oh, we prayed for this, so, oh, that happened six months ago, or it's yeah. like immediacy, like the pastor was saying. Yeah. Would, would anybody say, say, say six years ago, that anybody could even conceive that in the good old U.S. of A., Christians would be a target yeah. and that people would want to eliminate and probably kill us. Now, six years later, can you see that possibility being poured out? Yeah. Yeah. I heard, I heard a couple of things over the past month. When we were in France, the French media picked up on this. One of the left-leaning schlock buckets in our media was suggesting that the best way to get rid of Christians is just kill them. No. And boy, the French media was all over that. And I thought, what? But it's just easy to say. Nobody lost their job. Nobody protested. And and so you can see that real time, and it's only going to get more pronounced. Yeah. Yes. And it's from a carnal point of view, just to add what you're saying. <clears throat> it's a logical extension from the persecution of the Jews yeah. to the persecution of Christians. It's, it flows. One creates the other. And uh, so it, it, it all makes sense. Wow. Yeah, so you could see like how this law pocket but that, you know, it's like, well, it'd be better to kill these few to save what they interpret as saving the rest of humanity yeah. because we're the one bringing the calamity. Right. Yeah. And they're not fighting against us, fighting against God. Oh, yeah. those fire <laughs> killers, look what they're doing now. <laughs> that decision is made throughout history every time you drop a bomb. That decision, that same decision was made. Mm -hmm. By us, even. Yeah. Yep. Zach? My question is, because God gave you this vision, what, and it's for us, but what do you think he wants you to do in your position? You have several. Um, what comes to mind is you're a singer, so you're on the platform welcoming God and his presence, and you're drawing us up with you through song, but we're also the army of God. And who went first? Those that played instruments and sang went ahead. And so what do you suppose, as a person, I'm speaking of you, he wants you to do? Since he gave you this very powerful vision and, and this, wow, scripture, it kind of overtakes me just thinking about it. <clears throat> so. I don't know if you thought about that, but there is a purpose in you getting this. And what is it that he is wanting you to do going forward? There's, there's definitely more that he has for me to do. I know that much. Um, but right now, what, what kind of springs in your head right now? You may not know it fully. It's a progressive thing. It really is. Well, what I was, some of the things I was thinking when I was looking at this is like, the Father really pouring out right now um, through this, but also just pouring out his favor upon each and every one of us in some way or another. And I do have a testimony that I can share later, but um, during that time. So that was, I don't know, I don't know. I guess the answer is I don't know. <laughs> well, that's something to really pray about. Absolutely. Yes.
third angel. Yeah. And it was interesting to me because you see specifically with that one, it's that angel brought a star that was wormwood that then made waters bitter such that it killed many men uh, because that water was bitter. Um, and so I thought, so looking at that word in particular and seeing that very, that, that association with wormwood, which I don't think, I, I mean, I absolutely am totally in line with the fact that when when we see him eating this little book and making his belly bitter, I see that as that that burden that's, and again, it is, it's all, the word also means like an irritation, which is interesting, where it's, it is not something comfortable, it's not, it's, it's definitely something that's burgeoning, and, and honestly, when you think about a bitter belly, you think, oh, you're sick. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like that's just even more of a cautionary. Like this is what can happen if you don't submit it and prophesize it. If you just hang on to it, it can turn into bitterness and wormwood, and then destroy you as a as a person. I don't know if that, is that correct? Yeah. Well, and one of, one of the frameworks of, of bitterness from that word and extrapolation of it was people acting out in an undisciplined way or a very um, rancorous way when they don't get what they want or when things aren't the way they have thought they should be. They perceive they should be. And so it's an undisciplined reaction. And and I think I think that's part of what we need to do as, as sons and as saints um, to when we're processing the word, when we're processing an intercession, we need to really govern our outer actions and demonstrate patience, knowledgeable patience. Um, I think the other one was talking about husbands and their wives, and boy, if there's ever a theater of operation for that. <laughs> wow, we'll let Dennis speak to that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know, just, just learning how to be what you're supposed to be in the home and demonstrating Christ. I mean, it's it's difficult, um, but it's not impossible. But, but that's that's interesting about the bitterness and wormwood. I think we're we're obviously dealing with some of that uh, throughout the world. I wondered about that when uh, the COVID thing started and that anger and that hatred was just so prevalent in the atmosphere yeah. where people were doing things they were acting out burning down cities just out of bitterness and unforgiveness displaced unforgiveness um, and, and just to do it just to do it Papa needs a new pair of shoes um, you know the, the, the weird the weird thing is though that um, you, you then talk about in Hebrews where you're pursuing grace and then if if you fail in, in that, where grace is being pursued, we're warned to watch against roots of bitterness. I think there are a lot of them that are spreading. You know, we're going after your children. We're going to establish roots where this bitterness is, is just welcomed and fomented. And so it's interesting.
So then would you consider this like a cyclical thing that happens? Like when God's fixing the move? Or well, I don't know. I mean, that was such a statement where we were all making a commitment to not only this continent but the world. And then when we came back, immediately we were, I don't want to bring it up, but we were spied upon. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run my truck through the sign. You know, that was the first Sunday back. I was said to be chanting on the pul at the pulpit. Um, so that, whatever that was, was kind of a commitment, an, o an obedient commitment. And um, from there then, God said, okay, you're changing. Within a year, you're going to be in two continents. You're going to be um, well on the way to fulfilling what my mission is. That's interesting, Trish. But, but that, out of all of them, none of the other groups had that assignment. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember exactly. I mean, I knew that we had that specifically, but I wasn't okay. I couldn't remember what the other three places. interesting there in that hotbed of voodoo and Santeria. That was an experience. I mean, we were definitely met with opposition and craziness. The thing you <laughs> had Mark with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I probably just added to the craziness. <laughs> 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 right in with the voodoos and the warlocks. We the had some weird dude following us around that was dressed up like a clown or something. <laughs>